The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! I should be on a beach right now. Somewhere. It's too hot out there to go to the beach. Six hours sleep in three days. Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, Atop. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You wouldn't believe the emails that I get, Chrissy, from people saying they love the way I say podcast. Can you drag it out even longer? They think it's, they think, they think it's hilarious. And the reason I started doing that is because I did radio for so long, and I used to always start the show with Welcome to the Paying Attention Radio Program. And on my first show here five years ago, I did that. I said radio, and then I caught myself. Ah. So now in order to not do that, because for 40 years I was saying paying attention radio program, I, that, so that anyways. Um, podcast. podcast. Um, 
So I guess, that, I guess that's it. Thanks for coming, kids. Yeah. Good night. This is a podcast. It, Goodbye. It, yes, it is. It is the podcast. It's amazing how many people don't know we do a podcast, no matter how many times I share it on different social medias. Uh, I ran into somebody yesterday who said they were reading the Valley Patriot last month, and I had put like a, I, I needed to fill space, so I just put a picture of me sitting here at the desk and put like the podcast, how to watch the podcast. They were like, "Smart, you do a podcast? I thought you were on radio. I'm like, I haven't been in radio in <laughs> like eight years, yeah. and I've been doing podcasts for five years, and they were like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in. So yeah. um, try and get the word out a little bit better. We're always looking for sponsors. Let's talk about our sponsors today. Uh, we've got... Um, uh, before we do that, I want to make sure I've got the Pirellis. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming, kids. All right. Uh, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, the Zany Pesci Law Office, Marcin and Sign Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training. I love those guys. Borelli's Deli. Let's talk about Borelli's Deli for a second. So, they, so with, since the Tamacchio family took over Borelli's Deli, They've been doing a sandwich of the day, and I have to tell you, you've got to get there early. I showed up at 12.30 one day to get their sandwich of the day. It was, it was one of their cutlet sandwiches that looked so good online, uh, and, uh, and they were like, sorry, we ran out. Wow. So you got to get them. I mean, I've never known Borelli's to run out of anything, so uh, this, these sandwiches of the day are pretty good. Uh, so let's pull that up. It's, yeah. it, so tomorrow's sandwich of the day, and you got to get there early, believe me when I tell you, it's a spicy meatball sandwich, a meatball with... Pepperoni with boar's head uh, pepperoni, garlic butter, mozzarella cheese, and crushed red peppers. Now, I'm not really much of a meatball guy um, because uh, my mom growing up made the best meatballs ever. She made like these spicy meatballs. And so whenever I order like a meatball sub from a sub place, they're not ever, they're never really, you can't compare to moms. Right. And so I just end up getting something else because I'm always disappointed with it. Um, but this is a spicy meatball sandwich with pepper. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm actually going to go tomorrow. And I'm going to try it when I get my, uh, I mean, look, is, at, look at that thing. I know, it's, 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 it's right there, I, right next to you. I'm in love. I'm in love. I would marry that sandwich oh if goodness. I if I thought that I could. I might even go down there tomorrow. Right. So uh, get your get your spicy meatball sub tomorrow. That's tomorrow, not today. Yes. Um, thankfully, thank thanks to the um, I've had six hours sleep, so I'm going to stumble through this whole show. Um, thanks to the Tamakio family for not just advertising with us, but accommodating the community, adding more stuff. They've actually even helped out with um, the Daybreak Homeless Shelter. They brought food down to the Daybreak Homeless Shelter. Uh, a couple of times to help the homeless. And uh, and uh, that personally makes me feel really, really good about doing business with these guys. So I do business with a lot of people and very few of them are actually doing something for the community. So when someone that I'm doing business with does help the community, it makes me feel even better about giving them extra stuff like talking about and showing them meatball sub yeah. or, or, or uh, whatever we can do. Uh, who else do we have for a sponsorship? Uh, Tomo and Shake and Seafood. We haven't been to Tomo in the last week and I'm getting... Uh, I'm getting um, uh, withdrawals. I'm getting kamikaze withdrawals because the kamikaze rolls over there are just amazing. Mm -hmm. And not all sushi is raw fish. A lot of people think sushi is raw fish. Some sushi is raw fish. But a lot of sushi is cooked. You can get the, you can get the uh, shrimp tempura. You can get the crab tempura. Um, there's a lot of cooked sushi. And I don't eat raw sushi. So when I go, I get the kamikaze, which is, oh, God bless you. Thank you. Um, so anyways, uh, Stacks, which we have now put together, I think we have six people. We want to get at least four more. We're going to go to Stacks. We're going to order like everything on the menu. 
and then everybody's going to sample it, and then we're going to rate it. We're going to come on the show and rate it, and we're going to do a story in the paper to rate it because they are also owned by the Tamakio family, and because they've been so good to us and the community, you know, we, we don't want to just – the thing is when you buy an ad in the Eagle Tribune, you know what you get? You get an ad. That's what you get. You buy an ad in the Boston Globe, you get an ad. You buy that in the Valley Patriot, we will come, we will patronize, we'll take pictures of the food, we'll post it on social media, we'll share it out, um, we'll, you know, we'll tell our friends when we go to public events and everybody says, hey, you guys want to go to like, you know, go somewhere for a drink afterwards? I'll always say, well, you know what, the cloud is around the corner, they're spending money with us and they're really good to the community, they sponsor TMF, um, they help the homeless, let's go spend our money there and people are always, when you explain it that way, people are always really excited to go help a local business owner when they find out that that local business owner is, you know, taking money out of their pocket and helping either the homeless or people who are underprivileged, or we've got a couple of uh, advertisers that there was a fire in, um, I think it was in North Andover last summer, and I had a couple of advertisers call me and say, well, you know all the firefighters. Call the firefighters. Find out where these people are staying. We want to bring them some food. So um, so there's that. What else do we have? Uh, stacks. Par 28 right here in Salem. We haven't gone to par 28 yet. I'm not really much of a golf guy, but my friend Kevin Druin loves golf. He's at the Merrimack Valley Golf Course like three times a day. So um, I'm going to have him bring all his golf buddies, and we're going to go to par 28, and we'll do the same thing. We'll take pictures of the food and the, and the golf, the simulated golf thing that they've got there, and Loaded, which is um, also in Haverhill, by the way, and it's kind of like finger food. It's like the best of when you go to a bar and they have really good bar food. That's what loaded is. It's all great, like really great bar food. It's all finger food. So we're gonna try that. Uh, who did we miss? AFC Urgent Care. Love Lisa and uh, and Zaka and everybody over there. The Doug Mercurio Law Office. We gotta get. We've gotta get Doug to start writing a column. He's such a smart guy. And uh, and I've, I've broached the idea with him a couple of times. He seems receptive, but we haven't been able to pull the trigger on that. Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Dave Idconsoli. He's due to come back, too. I think, I think we need to get Dave here. Um, so, and I think we got everybody, right? EIS, Borelli's, Tomo, Shaken Seafood. Oh, A Clear Path for Veterans New England. So since I saved that for last, uh, let's talk a little bit about Clear Path. So I was at uh, Randy Carter and Jason Gilbert. Uh, Randy's the program manager. Jason Gilbert is the chief operating officer at Clear Path for Veterans New England. They're a nonprofit out of Devons, and they help homeless veterans. But they don't just help homeless veterans. They do an awful lot more. It's like a one-stop shop. If you're a veteran and you have any needs whatsoever, even things that like people wouldn't think would be associated with veteran services – um, I know that we've had veterans that uh, we had a veteran in Lawrence a couple of years ago who was upside down on his mortgage and they were going to take his house away. And he was a World War II veteran. And uh, Randy and uh, John McDonald from Lowell and JT and a bunch of people who are veterans that help other veterans um, got together, went over to Brookfield Street in Lawrence. First, they went in and they cleaned out his house because he was a little bit of a hoarder. And they cleaned it out. Um, you know, took care of that, and then they handed him the deed to his house because they paid off his mortgage. And uh, and so the, there's a lot of things these guys do, and they don't talk about it. They don't pat themselves on the back, which is why I do it, because they deserve it. So Randy and Jason had a meeting at the VFW in Methuen last week. In fact, I think it was Wednesday. I think I left like from here, and I went there <clears throat> to announce that they've got a, I think it's a $3 million grant. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's a $3 million grant. And Randy is a Methuen resident, and he used to work at Veterans Northeast Outreach before they started to collapse. Um, and so now they have collapsed. 
And as I've been, if you've been following the show, I did a whole show one day on how Veterans Northeast Outreach was evicting veterans and making veterans homeless rather than helping homeless veterans, which is what they're supposed to be doing. So they have completely collapsed. They, they've closed or they're in the process of closing uh, because of total mismanagement, total, total mismanagement. And I blame Ed Mitchell for that. That was the beginning of the slide. I actually met with Ed Mitchell at one point and tried to explain to him how this was going to end because I've seen this movie before. And instead, he attacked me, and I was a bad guy, and I was just picking on him. And he's like, you're just picking on me because I got rid of one of your friends. And I'm like, you're right. I am picking on you because you got rid of one of my friends because that friend is the best friend veterans have in the Merrimack Valley. And if you got rid of that guy, that tells me everything I need to know about you. And so I was a bad guy. He ended up walking out. Uh, we were right across the street. We were at T-Bones. And he, he ended up walking out all huffy and insulting me and whatever. He left shortly after that. He was forced out. And the new guy that came on board didn't do much better. Um, in fact, we got a video one day of that the guy that replaced him um, who was sitting in the Veterans Northeast Outreach office promoting an illegal gambling pool that he was raising money for another nonprofit that was not Veterans Northeast Outreach. And when I called them to tell them that, like, look, I don't want to write a story about that. Please just don't do that again. They defended themselves. So they've, they've collapsed. They've just, through total mismanagement, Veterans Northeast Outreach is done. And to pick up the slack because they've evicted veterans and there are now more veterans on the streets, uh, Clear Path for Veterans New England is open, going to be opening an office in Methuen. And they're going to be now servicing uh, through their satellite office in Methuen. They're, they're looking in Methuen. They may end up in Lawrence depending on what they can find that they can afford. Um, but where I know Randy said that they're hoping to ha- open an office in Methuen because there's a greater need in Methuen. Um, so they got this grant and they held a meeting. They invited uh, some members of the city council and they also invited state rep Ryan Hamilton. Ryan Hamilton showed up. City council president Eunice Ziegler from Methuen showed up. Vice Chairman of the City Council, Joel Ferretra, showed up, and that was it. Neil Perry, the mayor of Methuen, was invited, did not show up. He totally blew them off, as did Steve Saber, the East District Councilor, who is one of the people that screwed Randy when he went when he applied for that job uh, as the Veteran Services Officer in Methuen. Uh, now, I know that the Veteran Services Officer that got hired, Paul Jensen, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. But he's only one guy, and the need is so big in Methuen that he needs help. And he's one person in a two-person office in Methuen in City Hall. And unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of people feel as though if they go to a city agency and they don't get a response, for whatever reason, the guy's too busy or whatever, if they don't get a response, they give up. And so that's one of the reasons why Randy and Jason are bringing Clear Path for Veterans New England to Methuen, and they want to service veterans in Haverhill, Lawrence, and Methuen, because this is where the need is now that Veterans Northeast Outreach has collapsed. And by the way, we, we predicted that. It was very easy to see coming once Ed Mitchell got hired. The minute, the minute I got a phone call that they hired Ed Mitchell to replace John Radka, I said, well, that's the end of Veterans Northeast Outreach, because that guy was the VSO in North Andover, and I never got more complaints about a veteran services officer in the Merrimack Valley than I got out of Methuen. I get a lot now out of Lawrence too, but I'm going to be, I'm very good friends with the Lawrence VSO and I'm going to have a conversation with him about that. He's a good guy. He's just, a lot of these guys just get overwhelmed because the communities hire a veteran services officer, but then they're in charge of like 200 or 300 or 400 veterans and one person can't do it all. They just can't. And there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of um, zeal 
in local communities to be adding staff to the VSOs because they're all looking to hire their friends for jobs that they're not qualified for. And we, we, we know, we, we know what that's all about, especially in Methuen. We've talked about it. So uh, a shout out to clear path of veterans, New England. They have a sponsor of the show. We actually, they don't pay us. We just get, we just give them free plugs because they do so much for veterans. They do so much for homeless veterans. They bring them groceries. They help them with their mortgage. They help them with debt. They help them uh, with education and training programs. In fact, Randy was talking at his meeting last week that they've got um, businesses that will not only hire veterans, but if the veteran is not skilled in whatever they're hiring them for, they've got a uh, machine shop in Maynard, and if there's a veteran that needs a job, they'll hire him for $22 an hour and train them on how to be a machinist, and then if they last, if they go through the training, they will, they will keep them on the payroll. They'll pay to train them and then keep them on the payroll so that they have a skill. And then that way, if they leave their job later on, they've got a skill that they can go somewhere else and they can work and make, maybe make a little bit more money and, and take care of their families. So uh, thank you to Jason and Randy for coming back home to Methuen, for offering to help Methuen veterans. I know that they've got a new partnership with the VFW in Methuen, which is great because those guys actually do need a little bit of help at the VFW. You know, as veterans age out, as veterans get older, the older veterans are the ones that are used to going to a VFW or an American Legion. And as the younger kids come out of the military, it's just not their culture. They kind of, you know, the old days of going to a VFW to be with other veterans to drink and have cookouts or whatever, you know, that was the culture back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s. Today, today's kids come out of the military after four or eight years or whatever, and it's just not part of like their thinking process. They don't ever think to go to a VFW for help or for services. So uh, we're really glad that those, that those two entities are partnering up, and the Valley Patriot, I will commit right now, will do everything humanly possible to help either one of them. I told the head of the VFW while I was there, um, he asked me what, what our ad rates were, and I said zero. I said, for you, our ad rates is zero. I don't care what you're promoting. I don't care how big the ad is. You send it to us. We're not going to charge you. We will help you. And, um, and, and they're always so grateful, too. You know, these veterans, uh, I do a lot of work with, with the homeless, and I watch TMF do a lot of work with the homeless. And some of them are grateful, but most of them aren't. Most of them act as though, like, you hand them a sandwich, they act like they're entitled. But the veterans that we've seen uh, ClearPath help, the veterans that we've helped, they're always just so grateful that anyone's paying attention to their needs that they always come back and go like, you know, you helped me last week with something. If there's anything you need, if there's another veteran who needs something, please reach out to me and I want to help them too. I want to pay it forward. So that's one of the reasons why I love Randy. I love Jason, uh, Yanitza, everybody over at, uh, at ClearPath. I think it's great. So, uh, all right. So we got, uh, well, that's way too much time. Can we be out of here in like five minutes? I have things to do. All right. Let's talk about and a couple of things. stop whenever you like. <laughs> People want to hear from you. Have we ever ended early? I don't think we have. Think Maybe we have. once. Yeah. Maybe. So we got a bunch of things to talk about. The Valley Patriot uh, went to the printer this morning because of the holiday. Usually we print on a Tuesday. And uh, boy, this has got to be the most meaty and scandalous edition that we have published in at least the last year or two. Um, one of the things that is not in the print edition of the Valley Patriot, because we broke it online last week right after the show, uh, is Lawrence Police Chief Roy Vasque. We have talked a lot about him over the last few weeks. He was put on leave by the mayor. Jonesing for my cigarette. He was put on leave by the mayor pending an investigation because of complaints against him. And this is routine. If somebody files a complaint against a police officer of any stripe, of any rank, 
Um, they're normally put on leave during an investigation because what if the guy's guilty? You can't have him out there with a gun every day, right? Um, so they put so the mayor put him on leave. They started an investigation, and um, there was a proposal about a month ago to buy out his contract and have him retire early. And we thought he was going to take it, and then he didn't take it. And I came in here and tried really hard to encourage both sides to make this work. Roy Vask was a great cop. He was really great when he was the head of the drug interdiction unit. And when he became chief, um, I think a lot of the I think there was a lot of guys there that uh, were either jealous or um, were not happy that he was made chief rather than maybe one of their friends. I'm not going to say Roy was perfect. He wasn't. He made a lot of mistakes. We all do. Just like Joe Solomon when he was chief, made a lot of mistakes. He's human. We all do. Um, But I came in here and I said, it's really good for everybody if Roy were to either come back and finish his contract and agree not to seek a renewal, and that gives him a chance to get another job because obviously the powers that be weren't happy with him. And it gives the powers that be a chance to find someone good to replace him or take the buyout. And uh, it's a shit ton of money. Let me tell you, I'm going to pull, I'm going to tell you how much money that they gave him on his buyout. It's fucking crazy. Um, I'm definitely in the wrong business doing media and podcasts. There isn't this kind of money. $780,000 was his buyout. It, it, that was actually, the, the exact number was 784 something, but I didn't want, I didn't have the exact number on the end. So I just, I rounded it down to 780 and 300 about 300,000 of that is accrued second vacation time over his 30 plus years as a warrants police officer. Um, so I, I guess what I want to see, I want to see two things about this. One is I'm glad that both sides are happy with the result. And it would, I think it would have been better had it, had it ended a little differently and there wasn't the animus because I've known Roy since we were kids and I've been friends with the mayor, uh, Brian DePina, and Octavian, and a few people up in the office that were on the anti-Roy bandwagon. I've been friends with those guys for 20 or 30 years as well. And one of the most difficult parts of my business is when there's a public controversy that involves both sides being your friend, right? It makes it very hard to take sides. It makes it very hard to report something that makes one side look bad, even if it's, even if it's justified. Because no matter what you say, someone's going to be unhappy. Here's the other thing I want to say about this. Shame on the people of Lawrence who were running around during this entire controversy throwing my name around. You had Julissa Nunez out there, whom I've always respected. I actually have always liked her as a person. In fact, uh, I went to court and defended her against Bill Green when uh, Bill Green went after her, a, a disgraced Lawrence cop. Um, but you Julissa Nunez and others out there who were running around on Facebook and had these little Facebook, these WhatsApp message groups about how Tom Duggan sucks, which is, by the way, I want to encourage that at all times. But if you're going to attack me, attack me for things that are real. So I had, I had the pro-Roy people were out there attacking me publicly because they said, well, he's not defending Roy. So obviously he's on the hate Roy bandwagon. At the same time, I had the people who hate Roy Vask out there on their message boards and on their Facebook pages saying, you know, that fucking Duggan, he's got to be kicking the shit out of Roy behind the scenes because he hasn't come out and he hasn't exposed all of Roy's bad doings. So I got it from both sides. I got it from both sides. And a very good friend of mine once told me, um, I tried to reach him over a period of a month and he didn't, never called me back and I got mad. 
And I thought, you know, what is this? This guy must be mad about X, Y, Z. And I hypothesized in my head why the guy wasn't getting back to me. And then he finally did get back to me and said, it made me feel this big, Tom, I haven't gotten back to you because my wife was diagnosed with cancer and we've been a little busy with family stuff. So here I am thinking that the guy's an asshole. He's not getting back to me. And then he followed up and he said, the best advice my father ever gave me, Tom, was never interpret silence. Never interpret silence. Don't add things to someone's silence and assume that because they're being silent, it must mean this or it must mean that. Always go to the person and ask them. So Julissa Nunez came on my page last week. The day that I found out that Roy was taking the buyout, I posted a photo of me and Roy right here at this desk on the podcast. And she immediately came on and said, how dare you post that photo after you've trashed that guy all over the community? And I was like, so please show me a screenshot of anything I have ever once said negative about Roy Vask. Have I been mad at him about certain things, encrypting the police scanner, some of the other stuff? Yeah, I've been mad at him. But I never flamed out about him on Facebook. I never went into a message group and badmouthed him. I never went out into the community and badmouthed him. I surely let people know I wasn't happy, but I wasn't badmouthing him. I wasn't advocating for him to be fired, and I wasn't advocating for anybody to do anything bad to him. I was just expressing my view. But when the Roy Vask thing came up, because I'm friends with both sides, I stayed quiet. And behind the scenes, I tried to broker some kind of deal that would have been good for everybody. And that's thanks to Estella Reyes, our state representative. She called me and she said, I know you're friends with both sides. Nobody's listening. The mayor's office is not listening to Roy's concerns and some of them are valid. And Roy's not really listening to some of their concerns, which, are, which some of them are valid. Do you think maybe you can help us bring these two parties together? And so I tried. And the, the deal that was made did not have to do with me. It wasn't because of my efforts. I'm not even going to try to take credit for that. But I need people to understand that sometimes if Tom Duggan is quiet on an issue, which is very rare, by the way, I do understand people being perplexed by it because it's very rare that I'm not talking about something if it's something that's that big. But on the occasion when it is, don't interpret my silence to mean what you think you want it to mean. And that's what I want to say about this because – it's going to happen again because I'm friends with, you know, I'm an old man now. So having lived on this earth more than, you know, 50 something years, you know, I know a lot of people in the Merrimack Valley. I've lived here my whole life. And sometimes when there's a controversy, like there was in Methuen a couple of years ago, we had a controversy between a city worker and somebody on the city council. I was friends with both of them. And one of them called and asked me, do you think that you could maybe bring these two parties together and make it work? And I did. And with almost within like a week of, of, me not talking about the controversy, I was getting the shit kicked out of me all over Facebook that he must be with this person or he must be against that person. Stop it. Stop it, okay? Don't interpret my silence. If you really want to know, pick up the fucking phone, call me, and I will privately tell you why I'm not talking about it as long as you promise not to go on Facebook and tell the rest of the world. Because yes, my job as a reporter is to report news, but I'm also in a very unique position where if I know both parties involved, I might be able to help people in the community out so it doesn't have to be news. And I, would, I always tell people this all the time. The magic of what I do is what I don't print, not what I do print. Because a lot of times there's stuff, I, I have literally picked up the phone and called an elect, elected official, and I did one in Methuen not too long ago, about a month and a half ago, and I said, listen, I don't know if this is true or not, but here's what I heard you were involved in, and here's what I'm going to tell you. Fix it. Fix it. Get out of that situation. 
don't be involved with that because then I have to write a story. And I like you and you're my friend. I'm giving you the opportunity to step away and stop doing what you're doing. If you do that, I will give you my word. I will, unless somebody else breaks the story, I will not talk about it. And the person did. He yelled at me, screamed at me. First he denied it, said it wasn't true. Then he finally admitted that, yeah, he was kind of involved. And I just said, look, step away from it so I don't have to write the story. Now, some people, when I call them and do that, think I'm threatening them. You're telling me if I don't do what you want, you're going to... Okay, you know what? If that's the way you take it, I'll just write the story and I won't give you the option. How's that? I mean, how does that work for you? I'll just do the story and I won't give you the option to fix it behind the scenes. And I have done that. In fact, just recently I did that. And, um, and it didn't work out too well for that person. And then they called me and said, now I get it. After it was too late, now I get it. So um, please stop interpreting silence, please. And, and please stop assuming that you know where I stand if I haven't said where I stand. So we'll leave it at that. Um, I am glad, by the way, for Roy. He got himself almost a million dollars. God bless him. I'm in the wrong business. I'm also happy for the mayor's office that, you know, they, for whatever reason, they were not happy with him. They wanted him gone, and they got their way. And so hopefully now there's going to be a nationwide search for a new police chief. My only fear, and I'm going to say this. I know Brian's on vacation, but he watches us from vacation. My only fear is that we're going to get one of these left-wing lunatic police chiefs from some inner city like Baltimore or San Francisco that's going to want to come in and, and, and engage in all kinds of woke policies. That's not what Lawrence needs. Lawrence needs a drill sergeant. That's what Lawrence needs. Lawrence needs somebody to come in and knock some heads around inside the station, make sure everybody knows who's boss, give them their edicts of what they're allowed to do, and then hold people accountable if they don't do it. I think Roy did that to a large degree, although you know there have been some complaints, and I'm, I am going to say that some of them were valid. I mean, again, because he's not perfect, just like there were some valid complaints about, uh, about uh, Joe Solomon. So, all right, well, let me see. We, we hit Clearpath, and we hit Roy Vask. Um, five minutes before we closed the paper last night, I got an email from Nestor up in Lawrence Mayor Brian DePina's office letting us know that the mayor has received a $3 million grant in ARPA funding to help the homeless in Lawrence, which is so incredibly awesome because Mike Gorman and I were in the mayor's office just last week talking about this, talking about how there's an an increased need because Boston is sending homeless people to Lawrence. Cambridge is sending their homeless people to Lawrence. Haverhill is sending their homeless people to Lawrence. And it's very frustrating for the officials in Lawrence because they're having a hard enough time dealing with the homeless population that they already have. And my advice to the mayor was, here's what you should do. Every single time you find out someone was shipped here from another community, send them a bill. Just make it up. Like say, we're spending a million dollars on your people and send them a bill. They'll never pay it, but it will get their attention. And when you forward the bill to me, I will write a story about how you're trying to charge other communities. And I guarantee you, 4, 5, and 7, the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald will pick that story up in two seconds. And the best way to get something done when you have other communities and other elected officials who are dumping on your city is to publicly shame them. Shame is a very important tool. And trust me when I tell you, it's, it's kind of like what I do these days. So the mayor's got a $3 million grant. It's going to be to help people. It's going to be to help families that are displaced. It's going to help homeless individuals that are displaced. It's going to help homeless addicts that are displaced. Um, there's going to be money there for, um, 
for rehab. There is money there. And by the way, it's in the print edition of this Valley page. We actually, I pulled out one of my columns to make room for that because I thought it was that important. Um, I'm hoping, and I'm going to be meeting with Octavian right after the show, after I go to Borelli's and get my sausages. Um, I'm hoping that some of that $3 million is going to go to help TMF expanding what they're doing and trying to cover some of the costs that they incur out of their pocket to feed homeless people every Wednesday night. Um, $3 million is a lot of money. And um, I think that there's additional money from the state coming in, but we don't have word as to how much that's going to be. All right, what else do we have? So in this edition of the Valley Patriot, wow, eight minutes, good, it's breezing along. In this edition of the Valley Patriot, State Auditor Diana DiZaglio sent us another incredible column. And it would have been the front page story, except I can't put her on the front page every month. Like every month she's doing monumental things, excuse me, as the state auditor for Massachusetts. This month, she reveals for the first time that they did an audit of mass health. And $85 million, $85 million in mass health benefits went to out-of-state residents. That means people in other states applied for mass health using their out-of-state address, which is automatically supposed to disqualify them from mass health. Mass health, mass health is for, Laurent, for Massachusetts residents only. It's a state health care program. It's a state health insurance program. And you had people from Connecticut and Rhode Island and New York and Vermont and, ha- and uh, New Hampshire and Maine applying for mass health using their out-of-state addresses and the corrupt SOBs who run our state who run MassHealth, had no problem writing them a check and sending it out every month to the tune of $85 million. Do you, do you know what we could do with $85 million additional dollars in our state coffers? How many homeless people we could feed? How many veterans we could house? How many teachers we could hire? How many cops or firefighters we could hire? How many inspectional services uh, inspectors that we could hire at the state and federal level? I mean, there's an incredible need in the state of Massachusetts for other types of services, and yet people at the state level had no problem sending $85 million out of state to people who don't qualify for mass health. And I would bet, and I'm going to look into this and see if maybe we can find out. I don't know if if we can because of confidentiality laws, but we're going to try. I'm willing to bet that the people who got those benefits were politically connected. I'm willing to bet and I don't have it in front of me, and I, but you know what? I would bet my future earnings, which would probably be about $11, but I'm still willing to bet my, my future earnings that the majority of that $85 million was overlooked by people in mass health because they were fucking connected because that's how everything works in government, everything, at the state level, at the local level, and way worse at the federal level. And here's Diana DiZaglio, the Democrat, who is the state auditor going after fraud within social services programs. And here's why that's incredible. That's incredible because for the last 20 years, what have we heard in the media by the Democrats in power in Massachusetts? There's no such thing as, 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 um, as uh, insurance fraud in Massachusetts. There's no such thing as welfare fraud in Massachusetts. There's no such thing as housing fraud. That's a Republican talking point. They're just saying that so they can decrease the amount of services that we're giving to poor and underprivileged people. They're evil, those evil Republicans, and that's why they talk about it on the, in the media. And then a Democrat, a left-wing Democrat, like Diana DiZaglio comes along 
with the philosophy that every dollar she saves out of those programs can go to help someone who really needs it. Um, I remember Suzanne Bump, two years ago we came in and we interviewed Suzanne Bump on the show. She was the auditor before Diana. And I asked her as a left-wing lunatic, and I think I even said it that way. I said, as a left-wing lunatic, Suzanne, how do you deal with your party when they're out there saying that there's no such thing as welfare fraud, and then you release an audit showing there's, there's like $100 million in welfare fraud? And she said, Tom, the only thing I care about, and this is Diana's philosophy too, she said, Tom, the only thing that I care about is that the money that we save from that fraud can go to people who truly need it. That if there are people out there stealing home heating assistance and we find out, that means we won't be paying that home heating assistance to those people anymore. And that means that there's more money for people who live in Lawrence or Lowell or Haverhill who have kids in the middle of winter that have no heat. Because not everybody who applies for home heating assistance gets it. It's based on what's available. And if you have people stealing money out of that system, that's less money available for people who actually need it. So kudos to Diana DeZoglio, our state auditor in Massachusetts. She is going after favorite son, after, fav- after sacred cow, after sacred cow. She did one on welfare. She did one on home heating assistance. Now she's doing this on the out-of-state residents for, for Mass Health. And it's just incredible. It's just incredible. I expect next year that the Democrat Party is going to put a left-wing lunatic into that race to try and get rid of Diana DeZoglio because she's blowing the whistle on all the corruption. The only thing that I wish we could add to this story that we can't is that whenever this happens, nobody ever fucking goes to jail. When Suzanne Bump re- uh, released a report that there was like $100 million in welfare fraud and specifically named the Lawrence office, that cash EBT cards were being run and nobody was keeping a log of where it was going. People were just like taking them home, giving it to their friends, giving it to their families. No one ever went to fucking jail. Nobody. And so it's great that we have these audits. But remember, Diana DeZogli was not law enforcement. The state auditor is not law enforcement. They can only expose the fraud. It's up to the attorney generals, it's up to the inspector generals, and it's up to the district attorneys to enforce those laws and go out and find those people. So I'm hoping that um, the new district attorney in Essex County will be looking at these things very carefully, and I have no hope at all that the new attorney general is, is going to, I can't even remember her name, um, that the new attorney general is going to indict anybody for any of this stuff. Because like I said, they're all politically connected, but we're going to try very hard to find out who those people are and shame them. Shame them and shame the people that are in charge of making sure that people who steal public money actually pay a price for it. Uh, what else do we have? We have two minutes left. Do I have time for this? Uh, we don't. So here's what I'm going to say. And we need to even get to Scott Wood today, so we'll talk about that next week. But here's what I am going to say. Read Tom Duggan's notebook very carefully in this edition of the Valley Patriot. There are a lot of lawsuits in Methuen going on right now that have to do with sexual harassment including the mayor from before he was mayor when he was at Raytheon. There's a lot of lawsuits against the Lawrence Police Department right now. And the lawyers that are involved on the other side of those lawsuits are now starting to send me documents. And I think a lot of people had the idea that because I knew Roy growing up when he was chief, that if they sent me information, I wasn't going to cover it because I knew the chief. That, that's, that's one of the downsides of being me. People assume that if you're friends with someone, you're not going to cover a story. You're going to try and cover it up, which is never the case in my case. Um, but now that Roy is gone, I, th- I have some people that are sending me stuff. And there's a lot there. There's a lot there in Lawrence. There's a lot there in Methuen. And we even have a couple of others that are outside Lawrence and Methuen that I'm not going to broach because there's 59 seconds left. But 
Pick up the Valley Patriot. This is a very meaty edition. There's a lot of scandalous stuff in there. There's a lot of really good breaking news stuff in there. And the only reason why Roy isn't in there is because we broke the story last week. And thank you, by the way, to NPR. Never thought I'd say that. But thank you to NPR who picked up our uh, story on uh, Roy Vask and they uh, aggregated it to their website. So if you went to NPR and you saw the story about Roy Vask, they gave us credit for it. And that's really nice. So I think we'll roll it up. I don't, I don't think we forgot any of the major stuff. We got the spicy meatball in. That was really most important today. That's, that's what I was really focusing on. And if they have any left, I'll try and grab one after the show. But I'm pretty sure at 2.41, they're not going to have any left. Maybe I'll have them save me one from now on on, on, on on Thursdays. Just have them save me just one. But then I'm taking away from somebody else. I'd feel bad about that. So maybe we won't do that. I want to thank the Stacks in Haverhill. Par 28 right here in Salem, New Hampshire. Loaded in Haverhill. We may actually go to Loaded first because I like bar food more than I like regular food. Uh, JG's Ice Cream. You see it's 91 degrees today. I asked Siri. I said, hey, Siri, what's the temperature today? And she said it like a question. She was like, it's 91 degrees? It's hilarious. Um, go to uh, JG's Ice Cream. Get yourself. They're not a sponsor, but we love them anyway because they help the community. Clear Path for Veterans New England. Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Borelli's Deli, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21 in Methuen, the Zany Pesci Law Office, who did we forget? Mercurio Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, and of course, our good friend Dave Id Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Thank you, Chrissy. You've got, um, tonight you've got your... Um, Music bingo at Sadie's Bar and Grill Sadie's- in Salem, New Hampshire. All right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, look, he started again now. Very good. We just sit here and listen to Mel. How about that? Everyone's logged off by I now. missed his fundraiser. I thought it was July 25th, and it was June 25th, and I sat here and promoted it for a month, and then I fucked up that time. Awful. Awful. I just stopped swearing so much, too. You're just a passionate guy. You know? Well, I have friends that listen to the show audio in their car on satellite, they, uh-huh. they, and they have their kids in the car sometimes. Oh, sorry, kids. And then they'll text me and go... You know, if you could just swear a little less, I could listen to your show in the car with the kids. So I will try. I will I will make an effort. I'm sorry, Jenna. It's a learning opportunity. I apologize. Kids, we don't talk like this. And thank you to Chrissy again. Uh, Sadie's again. tonight at 7 o'clock, music bingo. At 6.30. 6.30. And 6:30. she's, she's going to be doing early. our music bingo fundraiser for the bash in a couple of weeks. Yeah. When we have that solidified and we have a date and a time, we'll let you know. Melvin Taylor says you got to go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.